Kravitz. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Hello and welcome to episode 271 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. Thank you very much for joining us as we're going to be covering the late pick five and two graded stakes action at Belmont Park this Saturday as we are taping here on Thursday afternoon. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. After you do that, hit that notification bell so that you will not miss any shows or content on the podcast and on the YouTube channel. And then also smash that thumbs up button, that like button. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at hkravitz. You can see on my name tag, scrolling on the bottom of the screen, my email address, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. You see the next live shows. Uh, there'll be next week, usual time, Wednesday night, Ben and Booze at 9 p.m. Eastern. Our flagship show uh, will be the usual time, Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, plus maybe some other shows. Again, that's why you need to hit that notification bell or at least check out our YouTube channel. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on Anchor. Uh, Power Picks, again, what a week we had last week. Wow. Um, plays of the day, winning. Uh, pick fives hit. If you are not familiar with our Power Picks, check that below the video player. They've been on fire. And with Saratoga coming up, we have some great plans in store for you, not only with power picks, but also video previews. We are going to be crushing Saratoga meet this year with information. So again, now is the time to subscribe to those power picks because we're going to have special power picks just for Saratoga. Information will be coming out shortly uh, for that. And also those of you on our email list, if you um, filled out our survey that we sent out through email and sent that in. Thank you very much. We appreciate uh, that, and we value your input greatly. Uh, you can find a lot of information on our website, hhhracingpodcast.com. Now, obviously, because this is a taped show, we're not going to be bringing any comments up in the live chat because there is no live chat for this taped show, but we thought that this card was so good and so important that we wanted to do a special taped show and help me along are my usual fantastic co-hosts first from the East Coast of Maryland. Is it a little smoky in the East Coast of Maryland? Because we had that strange smoke here in the Chicago area for two days. It was not pleasant. Let's bring him on, uh, Mr. Pete Visco. And from the Saratoga Special in the Great Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Mr. Paul Halloran. Guys, how are we doing today? What's up, gentlemen? Very good. Wonderful. Any, any crazy uh, smoke there out East? It might be starting to come your way again. We... We had a little uh, taste of it, literally. It's, it's not pleasant, guys, I must say. We had some air quality troubles here today. It doesn't seem that bad, but you could definitely sense a little fog in the air. Okay. Uh, well, the air is clear in Boston. <clears throat> and it's, the air is always sunny and perfect in Saratoga Springs, which will occur in about uh, two weeks. Guys, one quick motion I do want to um, bring up here. we got a lot of exciting things going on through Hawthorne Racecourse that we're going to be talking about on our live show Thursday night as well. However, there are two things coming up in two weeks. We are going to have another pool party. A pool party is a live show at an OTB here in the Chicago area. This one is going to be two weeks from Saturday. You can see July 15th, approximately 3 to 5. What happens is Hawthorne Racecourse, a great sponsor of ours, uh, gives us $1,000 to bet. Uh, on the later part of the card at Saratoga, myself, uh, Matt Miller, Kyle Roscoe, and possibly a Charlie Freeman sighting for the first time publicly uh, out for everyone to see. We'll be there giving people advice on how to bet. It's $35 for a ticket, and that gives you appetizers, a race program, our expert information, uh, and then most importantly, you can see on the bottom of the screen, a share of the profits. And so if we win... You folks at home will win. You do have to be there on site at the Crestwood OTB, which is the southern suburbs of Chicago. So even people, guys that live like in Indiana or not too far by can, of course, drive into Crestwood, uh, see us, have some great food and drink, and also have a chance to win some money. We also have free giveaways, guys, that we have free wagering bets 
um, free power pick subscriptions that we have. We do raffles there as well. Uh, and then the next day, guys, on the 16th Sunday, which was just confirmed, I will be live at Hawthorne Racecourse, similar to what we did at Canterbury, Pete. We're going to be covering live races. I'll be with Jim Miller, and we'll be live on the simulcast feed, as well as our own uh, podcast as well. So anyway, two weeks, the weekend of July 15th and 16th is a huge day uh, for this podcast and Hawthorne Racecourse, guys. That's awesome. It sounds great. Yeah, that, that live show was fun, so it'll be good to do as many of those as possible. Absolutely, and we appreciate their invite. All right, guys, let's get into what we're here to talk about. And we're talking about the late pick five on Saturday, two stake races, and what I thought, guys, was a difficult sequence in general, and I like difficult sequences because that's how we can uh, make some money. So let's get right to it, guys, as I go ahead and present the screen. The first race, let me take down this banner and put up our banner of the race six. You can see scrolling on the bottom of the screen are our picks. Of course, the first time that Paul and Pete get to see everyone's picks. Race uh, six, which I need to scroll up, is the first race of the late pick five on Saturday. It's a grade three Dwyer. You can see it's approximately 341 Eastern Standard Time. It's a small field of restricted three-year-olds, $200,000 on dirt, going one mile. You see it's a field of six. Moreline favorite is the number five, Fort Bragg for Baffert. And Johnny V, um, he was scratched out of the uh, Woody Stevens on Belmont Day with a fever, has come back and worked well, should be ready to go. And you see we are all going with Fort Bragg. Pete, let me go to you first. What's your thoughts here on Fort Bragg in the Dwyer? I mean, he, he's just a high-quality horse, and this is the probably the, the softest. There's some quality in here, but I think this is the softest field in terms of probably past experience and, and past on-the-track um, performance that this horse has faced. And I, I know I liked him in the Pat Day Mile. I think I liked him. I, I had him in maybe top two or three for sure in the Woody Stevens before he scratched. And I think I think him just getting back to – sort of the one turn trips, whether it's the mile, whether it's even anything a little shorter, but I think his, his running style, I mean, you get the Derby fever, but then we always talk about horses that get back to doing what they probably were intended to do in the first place. And I think this horse going one turn, going a little bit of the shorter distances, I think it's perfect for him. He was training well going into the last race. He's training well coming out. So his form is holding blinkers should keep him, a little bit focused. So he just seems like a pretty logical play to me. Yeah. And you know what I like about him, Paul, is I like him outside of the main speed. I think that's very important in this race. I don't know if he likes to pass horses, but, and he might need to pass horses because there's a lot of speed in this race. But I think the fact he's outside of horses helps. The blinkers on Paul, I'm a little bit, I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because it, it is, you know, going wire to wire at the one-turn mile is, is a pretty good ask. But, you know, I think Pete hit the nail on the head in his initial remarks. Um, this is a competitive race, but it's not the deepest wire you've ever seen. And if you look at Fort Bragg, every he's won once in seven starts. Every time he's lost the winner of the race has been a real quality horse. Speedboat Beach, Practical Move twice, and Forte. And actually, he beat Practical Move, but was taken down in a maiden race at San Juanita. So, yeah, I, you know, you talked about how difficult the sequence is, Howard. You'll see when we get to our tickets. I, I really think you got to be – you got to take your chances with him here in the interest of spreading out later on. Uh it sounds like a single for Mr. Paul Howland. Well, we'll see, we'll see about that. Um, there's two horses inside that I think can be a major factor. This Saudi crown. I remember when he debuted at Keeneland, I was really impressed. And then he wins an N1X, guys. Uh, you, we have him second, uh, Pete. He's done absolutely nothing wrong. He looks mm -hmm. like he can rate. I'm sure that uh, Castellanos played the break and see. The rail horse looks like he has to go. This, this horse is really talented, and I have a feeling if he runs really well or wins this race, we're going to see him uh, in the Jim Dandy. I, I think this. I think they want to stretch this one out. It's China Horse Club. I would not be surprised at all if this horse becomes a major factor in the three-year-old division in the second half of the season here. 
Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I, I think even if he loses this race to a quality horse like Fort Bragg, but runs well, you know, maybe gets on the lead and Fort Bragg sort of is able to run him down because there is other pace in here. I, I still think there's a bright future for this horse. So, I mean, the stretch out is always a concern. Always Dreaming has been a little up and down as a sire, but we know Always Dreaming himself could get distance, obviously, since he won the Derby and then out of a tap at Mayor. So you figure the stretch out should be OK. It's under Cox. So, you know, he's obviously knows how to get these horses, you know, going from the sprint up into the routing and then up into the this one. I just think Fort Bragg might just have an experience edge and Saudi Crown will definitely have other speed to deal with in this race. I think I would have picked him on top, Pete, but I don't like horses that have not worked or run at Belmont at all. That's not to say this horse can't do it, but Belmont, you know, it's big Sandy. It can be a little bit quirky. I do, I would have preferred to see Cox send him to New York a little bit earlier and get a work over the surface, but I don't know. What the hell do I know? Um, Paul Harrodsburg ran a 99 last time. Um, the problem I have with this horse is I'm not sure I believe that fig and I'm sure you did your due diligence. It was a four-horse field he's coming out of, and if you look at I'll go big screen here, uh, American Law and the horse to finish fourth both regressed in their buyers, as did the winner quite substantially. So to me, that's a big negative, but perhaps uh, Harrisburg will be the one of these four that actually uh, lives up to that 99 buyer last time, but he has to prove it to me personally. Yeah, well, someone's got to run second and third, uh, I'd be rooting for my friend Jackie Davis, uh, who's looks like her horse is just not fast enough. The four, yeah, um, you know, she's I believe she's still in search of graded stakes win number one, just a personal fan of her. Uh, you know, the one has gotten nosebleeds when going into a uh, higher company, yeah, uh, and and the, you know, in the six doesn't look like a, a giant killer. So I, I ended up going with those on potential uh, and what they've done uh, coming out of their main races. I ended up going with the three and two second and third. How we were at Keeneland the day Saudi crown won, as we you were. recall, that was uh, the Sunday of the weekend we were there. I think that was a pretty memorable weekend for you. Um, the last thing I'll say, we'll move on. I really, you know, I was looking for a closer in this race because there's a lot of speed. If alternate reality was just a little bit faster. Like if she had run the low 80s, I would have been really interested in this horse because she he seems to be the only horse guys that can actually pass. He just seems too slow, guys. I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. But you know, if things get completely crazy, I suppose this horse can be a factor. He just love the dam, by the way, because I love pancakes. But anyway, <laughs> he just he just seems too slow, guys. Even even though the race flow might work out. That's why yeah, I went with the I six. I, I went with the six as maybe a horse that could sort of sit back a little bit and come off the pace and just hit yeah. the board or or do something and has actually shown an, a, an, a little bit of an ability to pass horses. But yeah, it looks like it's going to be one of the top two or three on the inside. And as I, I think I sent this to you guys in an email, or I'll just say it now, I really believe we're going to see some of these horses go to the Jim Dandy slash Travers. I think actually I mentioned in the, in the Woodbine, uh, I didn't mention it to you guys, but I wouldn't be surprised if Fort Bragg and or Saudi Crown ends up going to Saratoga and going two turns again. Or they could cut them back to the, um, I almost said Kings Bishops, to the uh, Jerkins, right? So, I mean, either way, they're in good shape. Let's go to the next race, guys. Now, <laughs> I have to chuckle because you guys see the bottom of the screen, uh, the picks here, and Paul and I are in lockstep, which is crazy. Not because not because Paul's not one of the more astute handicappers I know, along with Pete. But as I told you guys before the show, I looked through these next two races and I was like, this is a B, this is a B. Like all I had is B horses. I mean, I just I had no confidence in anyone. And I thought these next two races, guys, were absolutely impossible where you couldn't trust anyone. And I saw you guys emailed me your picks. I'm like, how the hell are we similar in this race? Because I thought it was tough. So I it's crazy here. Uh, let's see. We got an allowance race going a mile. Um, this is an N1X, I believe. Actually, then 2X, sorry. Uh, it's a field of nine. And the more line favorite, you can see how wide open it is, is the number one bad to the bones for Ma and Alvarado. Coming in from Churchill, that's who I'm going with. Pete, you've got a horse that I actually know very well in Daddy Knows. And by the way, Paul, of course, also is the one. 
And I know this horse well for the simple fact this is an Adelphi horse. And this is a very weird horse. And I'll explain why after you talk about – actually, it's an N1X. I apologize. I'll let you talk first. By the numbers, Daddy knows absolutely fits, and Katie Davis has done a great job with him, Pete. Yeah, and, and I, I was with you where I, I was just sort of throwing my hands in the air. I had I had four A's only though, so it wasn't that bad to knock it down to the to my top three. But I didn't have a ton of confidence in any of them. With this one, I mean, I'm looking at a horse who's eight for thirty eight lifetime, seven years old, two for twelve wins at Belmont, three for fifteen wins at the distance, which isn't the most confidence ensuing thing in the world. But a couple things I liked since our, our boy Ray Handel, your boy Ray Handel took took this horse over. There's been four races, but there's been five, you know, in that cycle, I guess, sort of three yeah. of them wins. And the two losses were on wet tracks where this horse does not seem to really enjoy the wet track that much. So I can sort of forgive those in the other three, at least from a buyer standpoint, you're looking at 89, 92, 91, which were huge improvements over what we saw last year so even though this horse is seven seems to be coming into his own seems to be running at his best the three of his lifetime top buyers all came in those three wins and in those last four yeah. starts ray handles yeah, he's weird let me explain the yeah, weird thing Steve, for people don't familiar with this horse this horse is hard to steer you see how wide he is this is what he does and you see katie's like trying to keep him not you know, not lugging out too much. You see, she's like with her with her right hand, she's trying to like keep him somewhat into the middle of the track. This horse does not like the inside, okay? He does not like to be inside horses at all, which is one of the reasons why um, he's very wide. He also tends to drift. You see, you're going to see him in this race. Um, he's in the middle of the track, but he's going to drift out a little bit. He's just a hard horse to steer, and he's also on the wrong lead. He's just, he's not professional, but he's actually relatively fast. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to show the the, uh, the uh, race before that, but in in talking to Katie personally and talking to her after races, guys, this is a very tricky horse to handle. And uh, and no pun intended, Ray Handel has done a great job with this one. The problem is, guys, if this horse is outside of him, that's an issue. So he he wants to be outside if he's the speed of the speed you'll see Katie Davis take him out to the middle of the track. This seems to be a tougher spot. So it's also not New York Reds. I don't know. I, I've got him as a C out of respect to his willing to win and his numbers, Pete and Paul, but I don't know. I'm not so sure. Well, I think the one thing you do like, though, is is Katie Davis has ridden this horse now to three wins in the last four starts. So even if the horse is a little difficult, at least you have someone on on him who has is used to that and it's not like some new jockey picking up a weird horse who she's not going to know how to handle so oh. i'll take that and again this is with a the slimmest of confidence that i have this horse on top it's more of a i like the probably the top four i think i can't remember what i did in the pick five so it's a little spready for me in this one anyway well speaking of horses that i'm not overly confident with i have on top paul we both have bad <laughs> to the bones um I mean, he's certainly fine. The problem is twofold for me. And I say the problem, I have him on top and so do you. He's one for nine and he's never been at Belmont. Um, but he seems to be an honest type. Junior has been riding well. It's Billy Mott. I don't know. I don't see any reason why he can't win. Yeah, I think the horse he lost to last time is a pretty good horse. That Floki's flight, 10 for 13 in the exact lifetime. Uh, came back off that race to run a 92. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, I think – and that's why I think this four is, you know, in the in the mix here is, you know, the 92-91 back-to-back buyers uh, puts this uh, horse squarely in the mix. You know, the, the three's got a 93. Who, he was my eliminated when I had to get down to four in the pick five instead of five. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think the one's in pretty good form. I, I agree. I don't, I don't think there can be any uh, high level of confidence – Anyway, here, I mean, you know, the arrogance is certainly, you know, running extremely well, uh, you know, going to, to Martin Jr. Uh, we've seen that combination before. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I you know, uh, you know, there's some wild cards. You know, Baris, I love Baris in the Wood Memorial last year, yeah. <laughs> a three-year-old prep for the Derby. Uh, you know, he didn't, did not run. And, you know, then he got back with the state breads. He ran very competitively. 
And, you know, that was a state-bred steaks last time. The feature on, on a card of state-bred steaks did not lift a hoof in oh. that race. Um, but but I got him in my pick five because is anyone going to be shocked if, you know, if he just wakes up that day feeling good and wins, you know? So it's, it's just that type of race. Well, I mean, I mean – <laughs> He's run some big numbers, but I mean, he just has been awful this year. But it is Maker. I mean, I, I'm not going to spoil my ABC because I want to. Actually, now that I think about it, it's not. I can because this is not going to be part of our power picks. Now that I think about it, um, Woodbine will be the secondary track. I have one A and six Bs in this race. That, that I just. I mean, why can't South Street win? The awful Linda the claim, right? The number six. 12th man is decent, has run some okay numbers, right? Then you got Daddy Knows. You have Brew Pub. I'm not sure about the distance, but but crap, the numbers fit. And then you got a horse like Veretti, guys, who's Pletcher. You want to get beat by this horse at 9-2, to 5-1? to one? I don't, even though he's been absolutely awful since the first two starts. So, I don't know, guys. This is a real tricky race to me. Yeah. Any final I, thoughts, either one of you? No, I agree. I agree. It's a tough one. Okay. And I think you, you're you not, you can't have a ton of confidence in whoever your top pick is going to be because they don't seem to be fully consistent enough. So nope, I agree. Uh, you want to talk about an open race? Wow. This, this next race, I've got what, 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 one, two, three, four, five. I have uh, one, two, three, six. I have nine of the, what, 11 or 12 in this. I got nine. I'm using nine horses in my ABC. I mean, you can legitimately hit the all button here. And so that means, of course, we're all going to have crazy different picks, right? Because it's so wide open, right? Uh, not ex- not really. In fact, Paul and I, in this cluster F race, have the same three. And, and Pete's got, you know, the two and 12 also, which to me is crazy because I thought this was a very – I have I have six A's, and and those are more those are more like when I go, I always tell you when I go through I say who do I think can win and I go through the whole field and I mark them as sort of A's quote unquote and I had six and I think I dropped one or two out of that list so I think my pick five has maybe six deep if when we get to it no I mean the, the, this race is ridiculous it's a starter allowance fifty they're going a mile sixteenth on the turf I think it's on this is on the Widener okay so. This is sort of a, it's a, that literally wider sort of turn um, in, into that first turn. It's a monster field of 12 and with two also eligibles, I, which are main track only. So I think the weather's going to be okay. I haven't checked the forecast. We don't like to dwell on the weather here, but I think it's going to be okay this weekend. Anyway, the Moyline favorite is what, the number two? Yeah, the number two, uh, Timbuk2, New York, Bradford, Dutro, and Ortiz, and just let everyone know, we did not know the uh, morning lines, guys, uh, until they came out literally recently as we're filming this. Um, Paul, let's go to you first. Paul, you're going with the number two, Tim Buck, two, and I'm going to show the replay of the last because um, I think it's worth showing. Got a 79 buyer last time. Uh, what is the five for eight on turf? Very honest sort. Again, one of many, many, many contenders in here. Yeah, I'm four deep in this race and in, in the caveman pick five and same it it's it reminds me a lot of the the last race, Howard. And to the point where Pete, the one horse uh, I'm using in my pick five that I had to eliminate from my top three for our picks was your eleven. So oh, okay. I, I, I see where you're going with it. I think that that horse is coming out of a good race. There's been two horses to run out of that race that both won. Um so yeah, it's a uh as far as the two, um, you know, my, mild opinion, uh, you know, I think Dutro is going to get, uh, get it cranking. Uh, he, he won very early coming off. Of course he had the, the very onerous 10 year suspension. Um, he won one of his first stats hasn't won since, but he knows how to train horses to see big Brown for details. So uh, he's the six in this replay, and also Shin Shinsoon, who's also in this race, is the seven. seven. I'm going to take it to the stretch. Timbuktu did not win, but did get a perfect trip, but ran well. I have mixed feelings. I don't. He might need to get a real good trip again. Um, again, we'll I'll just let it run through. If you want to talk about the replay, great. 
or not, um, Paul. Yeah, no, was, I thought it was kind of an oddly – it was an oddly one race. It was slow, and, and then, um, you know, a typical turf race, you know, certainly picked up at the end. I did like his final uh, his final 16th. You're going to see him charging up here on the outside. Uh, that's really – he did, you know, most of his running at that point. But it was a case of Royal Spirit getting first run on him. And, you know, it, it was going to be hard to close – that much with with those fractions 25 and 4 49 and 4 113 and 4 so yep. uh, you know I, I again though uh, you know I, i'm not trip wise you know I, i'm fine he had i read last time he's got jose this time so i do think that uh, jose will have him forward he's forward last time he was third but the problem was even being a length and a half off you know off of a you know 49 and 4 um is it was it was pretty slowly run. Uh, let's talk about the five because I have the source second. Um, you have the source second. Pete doesn't have a source anywhere. But I have to it. Me, I have is... it as an A. So I'm I'm sort of with oh, you guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to me, Paul, this is a complete in Chad Brown. I trust. I mean, he's running numbers that are not that much slower than the others as a three year old. Um, Gelded pick five racing ownership seems to be working fine. I think has every right to take a little bit of a step forward and doesn't really need to take that big a step forward, Paul, to win this race. Yeah, and, and you know, albeit at Gulfstream, Howard, and, and last year, Christmas Eve, um, four, four horses have come back to win out of that race. Um, Saratoga Flash is a pretty good horse, too. Saratoga Flash, I was just about to say, Pete, sorry, including sorry, Saratoga Paul. Flash. Um, so it, it would be, you know, going from age three to four, you can definitely envision a, a buyer progression. There's an 80 in the back lines already. So, um, yeah, I, I was close to picking this horse on top and ended up picking him second. Let's talk about the uh, 12, which is my top choice. Then Pete will go to you. Let's talk about these outside horses. Kingfish Stevens, this is a not this is not a good post, by the way. In fact, this is a brutal post for this race, which is a huge negative, obviously. He's also a three-year-old. Now, I don't know how you guys feel, but it's about this time of year, middle of the summer, where I don't really care that three-year-olds are facing older. I, I everyone's got a different timeline and opinion as to when that matters. I think it does matter early in the year, obviously. To me, at this point, I don't know. I think three-year-olds have caught up for the most part. I like the class of this horse a nagarok's a nice horse that he faced last time and i thought he ran well he's he's working well he's got enough tactile speed to get into the mix castellano's gonna have to figure out a trip guys but in terms of upside when you look at the field i think he might have the most upside pete and paul and that's why i put him on top and then when i saw eight to one i was like "Ooh, that is tasty i don't know if i'm gonna get eight to one um he's just one of many that can win but He's gonna have to work out a trip, Pete. Maybe that's why you have him not higher than third. No, I I, I agree. Yeah, the the post. Although at this configuration, it looks like the outside posts in general, not maybe this far out, aren't terrible. So at least there's there's some wins and as decent percentages at the outside post because I checked them since I have the eleven and the twelve in my in my top three. But I I do think this one may have some class. Obviously, is it's inex, he's inexperienced enough to where you should see some improvement. Carlos Martin had a couple ugly stats, which which scared me a little bit. Um, yeah. One for twenty two in allowance races on turf at Belmont, and then but you know you pick up Cast you have Castellano again. He sort of knows the horse yeah. now. He's that one last, for twenty one this meet, by the way. That's not one for twenty one. That either. scared me a bit too, especially you got an outside post. You got a yeah. So, but he's talented. I think we didn't mention in the first like Rob Atras is as cold as as anything right now. I think he's like two for 40 this meet. He's got, I think he's got the three in the first leg. Anyway, Rob, Atras, maybe he's saving his horse of Saratoga Paul. I don't know, but Rob Atras is as cold as cold can be. Just want to, Hey, if you're one for 21, you still had the one. This could be number two. I mean, it could still be a bad percentage and get a win in there. If you pick the right one, <laughs> I have more than work as a B. I think this horse is interesting. Um, I, I, I don't Torres is okay, but this is a negative jock change. I think yeah. we'd all agree with that. But again, similar to the 12, he's got outside posts, but he's got good numbers. He's consistent. 
Well, it's, it's it's even better when you go from a you know at least the, at least the twelve has Castellano. Now I have a five percent trainer with a five percent jockey <laughs> trying to work out a trip from the eleven hole. So not the smartest pick in the world, maybe. But you're but getting I, the price though. <laughs> you're get, well, it's funny because when you scrolled, that was the first time I looked at the odds on this horse, and I was very surprised at twelve to one. I thought it was going to be much lower than that. Okay. Um, again, I thought the jockey change and the cold trainer scares me a bit but you are getting compensated for that finished between two next out winners in the last race so that and, and that was sort of at a you know similar company has a, has the race over belmont and again didn't lose to a bad horse you know they came out yeah 85 79 which are Both which are right in the realm yep yep so more than worse than getting 82 which will be going up to win this race right? That, that's exactly what i'm thinking i'm like there if there's go. a little bit of an improvement there and again since Martin took this horse over, it's it's kept its form. It's been solid, even though he hasn't been hot at this meet. Yep. He tossed the race two back. It was taken off the turf and it was on dirt. So, again, at twelve to one, I'm more than happy to you know more than happy, no pun intended, to um to have this horse on my ticket. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, we've looked at a ton of races on this show from many different tracks throughout the entire world. That that race, th- this race we just talked about, is absolutely impossible. It's a complete dartboard race. Um, so hopefully, we'll. I, I'm hoping there's gonna be a. Pro- I mean, I, I, the favorites can be what four, th- seven to two. I think will be the favorite. I, I can't imagine anyone lower than that. So we'll see. Real Let's quick, go- real, oh, real quick. Do did either of you have the four in contention or you know in the contention for a ticket spot? I do not actually. That's one of like three horses I have nowhere. The four was one I actually had as an A. I, I have on the ticket. Really? It's first time on the turf. I just wanted to mention it only because he's I'll fifteen to one, and figure if you can get a fifteen to one in a wide open race, why sure. the hell not? Karakasi. I, I, just, I mean, I don't know. I, I like the breeding. I like the breeding in terms of for the turf. Picks up Johnny V. Okay. Has speed. Johnny V. You know, he's not a, a a burn and gun kind of jockey, but he's great at getting a horse on the lead. And sort of backing it down, which we know works on the, you know, can work on the Belmont turf. Yeah. If he's the only one who gets out. And then I, I just thought if this one can get on the lead, two next out runners in the last, you know, a couple, couple decent horses came out of the last race. So I figure at 15 to one with some breeding, this one might get overlooked and he's going to be one on my ticket. Okay. Two interesting trainer notes on that horse. Originally trained by Helen Pitts, who trained... Helen Pitts trained. A lot of her. Uh... Curlin. Oh, yes, yes. Did she? She was the original trainer of Curlin. Really? Trust me on that. I did not know oh. that. Wow. I think he sure Pete, am I, I going to have a Curlin, Curlin stat wrong? Pete? Never. Really? never. Pete, never. am I going to have a Curlin stat of the day wrong at any point? Never. Pete? Never. Wow. I mean, I I'm, not, I'm not sure how much that helps this horse, but I'll, I like just, the Just a note. I'm here to inform, Peter. And William Walden, of course, is... Elliot's son, right? Uh, great yeah. story. Uh, so, uh, anyway, those are my two. Have nothing to do with betting the race, but I'm here to educate. I love it. All right. Yeah, I, I know it's something about education. So, all right. Let's go to race nine. Uh, there we go. Picks on the bottom of the screen, guys. This is a nice race. Uh, hey, this... me and you this time, Howard. Yeah, how about that? Uh, we are we are both, and which, by the way, is also the Chicago area code phone number for Chicago. <laughs> Perfect. Or it used to the main one. There's several now, but it used to be only one. It used to be three one two. Uh, it's the John A. Nehrud, which has had different names over the years. It's a grade two on the dirt, seven furlongs, a quarter of a million dollars, real nice purse. That's a field of seven with Candyman Rocket from the rail for Billy Mott and Alvarado, the morning line favorite. And none of us are going with that horse. Uh, Pete, you're going to go with Weyburn. This is a horse we've talked about quite a bit. Now trained by Pletcher with Jose Ortiz. What do you like about this one? Yeah. I mean, you like the, you like the Pletcher move and this horse was sort of improving anyway, which, you know, and, and it was under Jerkin. So it's not like it was under a bum before, but I, I like the improvement that this horse has shown. And if you look at the the losses, even in 2023, White Barrio trying to beat White Barrio at Gulfstream is a tough task. So losing to him isn't any, isn't any, um, knock against this horse and then repo rocks and zandon two high quality horses so How about this one we know ran huge. yes yep that one ran huge yes and that was on the turf there's yep. our boy or paul's boy i don't know 
Cody in, in the PPs. Yeah, this horse has faced some serious horses beat. Well, Wade, yeah, Wayburn has been in the deep end before, and this is a tough field, but I think this horse has just gotten better. Five for five in the top two at the distance, which I liked. Hasn't necessarily finished as well in graded stakes races, but one thing I do like is there is speed in here, and I think if Jose takes this horse back a little bit, he used to be more of a front runner. I think he seems to be a little more comfortable coming off the pace now. And I think there's enough speed in here for hopefully him to do that. And that's what I was, that's what I was shooting for. If he can sit back, not get mixed up in some of the upfront stuff and then make a move late. I feel like this horse has a really good shot, but I also think this is a really deep and fun race. I'm going to save my opinions and let Paul go uh, second here because I have some pretty strong opinions here in this race. Paul, you're going to go to the outside. Now, we've seen this time and time again. Small fields, horses with speed can get away. Little Vic is quick. Uh, 117 early time form. Uh, has gone seven furlongs before. Has done it pretty well. Is coming off a little bit of break. Um, I'm. Do you think he's going to wire the field with your pick on top or settle off of someone? I think he probably settles off the four. I, I thought the four ran pretty well last time, although I don't know how good the race was. Uh, I was certainly rooting for him. Michael Moore is a Pox guy, and yeah. I bet the horse at nine to one, which is another reason I was rooting for him. Uh, but I think he probably sits off. You know, I looked up Avila. Avila is 21% wins at Naira the last five years. Hmm. So uh, it, it, while he's not a big name, um, he, he certainly can win there. And Michael Moore, uh, by the same token, is two for 49, you know, closer to uh, 2%, uh, uh, 4% rather. Um, but, I, yeah, I think this horse could get the trip. Um, yeah, you know, regular jockey, uh, that's, you know, I have mixed feelings on that. Um <laughs> You know, Wayburn is kind of an enigma. I think the horse, I agree with you guys. He's got a lot of talent. Uh, sometimes he he usually shows his talent when he runs in every race, but doesn't always – you don't always see it for the for, for the entire race. I don't know if that makes any sense, but, um, he's you a, know, as you – He's a yeah, big – he's a big MFR. He, he really is. And, and you know, it, it, things have to go up. I'm not so sure the inside is the best spot either at seven furlongs for a horse like him. That's another reason why I, uh, I, I opted not to pick him. Um, but, yeah, I, I think a Little Vic would be the right price here. Uh, Re, you know, he lost to Repo Rocks in a grade three, three back. Repo Rocks had really been informed before being the most overbet horse in history. Uh, in his in his last start, um, uh, in the uh, what was was he in the Met? I think he was in the Met, right? Yeah, Howard. Yeah, he, yes, the he was yes. in the Met. Yeah, he was he was he was not going to win that race. Um, but anyway, uh, I think this is a much tough, uh, more competitive and better race than the Dwyer earlier in the card. Did you, okay. you one thing that I have little Vic on my ticket, but, and I don't, this isn't something I'm versed enough mm -hmm. in to know one way or the other, but the horse, even in the notes said bled in the last one. And when you watch the race was sort of in the mix and looked like had a shot was basically sitting right off the leader and, and looked like could have went by and then just dropped anchor and went backwards. And, and then it yeah. looked like Olivero sort of stopped riding. Maybe he realized something was a little off and now they're off Lasix again. Cause we're in a, Stakes. Stakes, that just stakes, freaked me yeah. out a bit. So I, I yeah. put him on the ticket Good because point. I think he's talented enough. But the fact that it even said bled in the notes, because usually they, usually they hide That's that crap point. and they don't tell you anything. That just freaked me out a little bit. But I think on talent, I'm agreeing with you, Paul. I yeah, think he's and right. I hear picture. you, Pete. Uh, I didn't see that. And that's a good point. But yet he does have very good non-lasix races. I know. That's what, that's, what card, that's so, what I was like. I don't even know uh, if it means anything. I'm completely confused by it. But I figured maybe something happened and then not having a little time off and then not having Lasix again. I don't know if that means anything or not. But it's enough to freak me out a little bit to not put him in the top three. But I put him on the ticket because he still scares me talent-wise. Yeah. Um, another horse that should scare everyone talent-wise, Cannonman Rocket, who is the Moorline favorite. We've all got this horse in the mix. 
I do not like the rail in these spots. I do not like the rail at Belmont small fields. I've talked about it a million times. Um, it, things can just, they can get pinched back. They can get in tight spots. He's, this is an enigma. I mean, he's had a weird career. He's very talented. He can win the race. Guys, here's my strong opinion. I love, love, love Weyburn, despite Mr. Paul Halloran down there and his misgivings. Um, James Jerkins is a great trainer. He's now training in Saudi Arabia for one of the princes. Um, I think this horse will love the, he does, he, he doesn't like turns in general. Belmont's going to be great. I think there's, he's going to let the speed go guys. I think outside of him, I think Candy Ray, Candyman Rackets got to go. And I think Paulie's going to be sitting in behind the speed. So I don't think the inside, I don't think he's going to be like in a claustrophobic spot the way I envision it. I think he's going to let the speed go. He's going to just sit off and he's going to make that wide sweeping move. The Bel- the, the, balcony, the Belmont balcony move. I love this horse. When I saw seven to two, someone hold me down from going to my bank, my local bank, which is two minutes away from here. There's no way we're getting seven to two, but I'll tell you what, I'll take five to two or even two to one in a heartbeat. I think he's the class of the field. I think he's going to get the right trip. I like that he's in Todd's hands now. I don't think Little Vic classes up personally, just my opinion. Candyman Rocket's inconsistent. Guys, this I love Weyburn on Saturday. Love. I like it. That's it. I'm with I, you. I hope I, I, I hope you hope you're right on this one. Okay. There you go. I hope I'm right too. Hope we're right. All right, guys. Let's go on the last race here of the uh pick five as I go ahead and switch over. The last race of pick five is not a stake race. <laughs> it yeah. is a maiden forty, no. a maiden forty claimer. Um, New York Brad, just like they always do, right? Making the last race, um, you know, a, a bit of a, a lower class race. But I'll tell you what, I don't think this race is that deep, at least in my opinion, guys. It's a field of 10. There are a bunch of also, wow, six also eligibles. So we'll see what happens. If some of these get in, we might have to adjust our opinions. The more line favorites are number two, Miracle Mike, Pletcher, and Jose Ortiz, I go ahead and switch over. As I'm putting us on the screen, guys, I don't know if either one of you have an opinion on this. There are a lot of jockeys that are out of town this week, whether it be Woodbine or Ellis or whatever. Um, do you guys get – I mean, that means your Jose Ortiz of the world have more to manage than the other ones, right, Paul, in theory? Yeah, this is the type of day that – Jose and Manny Franco typically feast. Jose can every day. You know, I don't want to make it sound as if he needs the other guys to be out of town. He's a top shelf jockey. But, you know, this is the type of day. Don't be surprised if you see a guy like Jose win five or Manny win three or four. I agree with you. Six, seven, eight. Yeah. Um, We're all going to Miracle Mike, which doesn't surprise me because he's logical. But, I mean, he's hard to trust. So, there's two horses, I think. This is, in general, I think we'd all agree a two-horse race. I mean, look at our picks, right? You got Miracle Mike, and then you have the number six, your mission. So we obviously have to show the last race where they were both, <laughs> they were both in it together. Um, it's funny. The last uh, race is funny. Okay. I actually had the winner that day, I think, on the power picks or something, maybe a pick five. I can't recall. But let's watch this race real carefully. This is the only replay we're going to watch. Um, Miracle Mike is the three. Your mission is the four. Now, Miracle Mike, guys, this was his first race on turf, his first race going a turn and a half. Your mission was has been in maiden specials. It's just a money burner. Hasn't won, um, but is the class of the field in theory. Let's watch the beginning of the race. First, the, your mission breaks slow, the four. The three broke okay. They both had trouble. Uh, Paul, I'll let you talk. I'm just going to let the whole race run through. Again, Miracle Mike is the three. Your mission's the four. Go ahead, Paul. Well, watch the four. The four makes a, a Cody's wish type move on this turn uh, right about – come on, your mission. Come and into the By picture. the way, the three gets steadied right here. It might be a little bit hard to tell. The but... three had the much tougher turn. Wait till the stretch. Watch, But right. watch now. The four is in stride right now. Okay, that's the – you would see at the uh, uh, three-eighths pole, I think. In last. He's still last, but now watch this. Just he is going to go from last to first, and looks like he's going to win by a pole. And I think he kind of hangs like a chandelier down the lane. Maybe not really asking just, it, by the way, Paul. Either it's not like no, he wasn't. That's what I noted. How when I went, look at he's taking the lead. He is going to be on the lead when they straighten out. 
But then once he gets to the lead, I don't know if he was just waiting or, you know, right now you figure he's going on to win by three to five, right? Winner. Here's the three miracle Mike up the inside. Now watch watch the move the three has to make. He's moving. He has a wall of three here that he has to kind of come around and uh, right here. See that? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And he had trouble on the other side. I, I think he ran the better race than the four. Uh, that was one of the big questions. Who ran the better race, Pete? I, I think mean, the, I, I agree with Paul. Yeah. If the four had any interest in winning, he would have won that race. I think that's an overbet horse in this race. Really? I was actually yep, hoping right. the six was going to be the favorite, Paul, when I saw the morning line just now. I was a little disappointed. I was hoping they. Yeah. I was hoping they would lean on the six, but yeah. I mean, I'm going to use them. You got to use them, as you said, Howard. This, oh, yeah. the, you know, but I, I don't, I don't know. Unless I read move too early, which is possible but not probable. Okay, and it wasn't like he. Maybe the horse just took him into that, as you just said. He wasn't asking him. Yeah. But boy, I'll tell you, he had no reason not to win that race, and he's now. 0 for 7, Pete, and he's been – he's never gone off over 6 to 1. He's been the favorite the last four races. So if you need some uh, – if you need some fire to start your fireworks on the 4th of July, you can use the money that this horse has burned <laughs> to get your pyrotechnics. I mean, it right? looks like he loves second. Just wheel him for second and hope a bomb yeah. comes on top is probably what you want with this horse. Paul, that might be – your mission would be a nice Kindle for the uh, backyard barbecue we're going to have. No disrespect to the horse for being – I mean, facetious, of course, but uh, he, I mean, how he didn't win. Now, it was off a layoff. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, listen, can you really trust yeah, him he that win. much either? I mean, I don't know. How good is the two? We don't really know. I mean, he should improve off that last effort. And I think he's going to show more speed than he showed last time. At least that's what I'm hoping. And maybe we're all hoping that because I tried to find a speed horse in this race, guys, to sort of upset the apple cart that I liked. I just couldn't find one. Pete, you've got the seven third. Paul, you got the eleven third. I just want to bring up the eight, who absolutely dropped anchor last time. But this is a big jockey change. Maybe this horse can be a little more. The jock can use this horse a little more efficiently, and this horse can be up close. But I, I couldn't find a horse that's going to wire this field and upset these two closers we have because that's going to make me nervous as hell to have these one or two horses, guys, to close out a big pick five, and they both got to come from behind and pass eight, ten horses. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know for me, I only had four horses in my ABC in this because I just didn't – I kept tossing every other horse, and I was just tossing horses left and right. And yeah. that's why when we get to our pick five ticket, I singled the two because I was like, you know what? Screw it. I don't like any of the horses in this race. I'm not going to waste any money on them. Just trying to throw them in. If I get beat by a piece of crap bomb horse, you know, shit happens sometimes. Uh, Let's go to our pick fives, guys. Pete, your pick five is going to be two, five with one, four, six, seven with two, four, five, nine, 11, 12 with one, two, three, five with the two that you just mentioned, miracle Mike, $96 ticket. And even if Miracle Mike is the favorite, he's not going to be a big favorite. So I, you can still, you know, it's not like everyone's going to have the two on their ticket on the end necessarily. People might single your mission. I don't know. Yeah, you figure Fort Bragg in the first one is going to take some money. So between Fort Bragg and Saudi Crown, that might not be the most efficient. You can maybe single even on the on the first leg. In that second leg, got a couple prices. We got that seven Baris that we all seem to like a little bit, which is eight to one morning lines. You can maybe get a price there. Like we talked about, the third leg is wide open. My top choice is 12 to one. So I can get that horse home. It's going to balloon the ticket, but I don't think anybody's going to be leaning on any horse in that third leg because you're going to be all over the place. That seems like a potential all leg. Then in the fourth, I think, again, I I don't think the, I think the fourth leg is wide open enough to where I don't know who you're going to lean on. You might, you don't want to use too many of the lower priced. I know who I'm leaning on. I know who you're leaning on. Yes, yes, yes. But I think most people are going to be a little bit more spread out in that one. And then again, in the last leg, Miracle Mike, I'm singling, but you know, they're all maidens and mating 40 bums for the most part. You're going to be praying to the house. You're just going to be praying. Yeah. So, so that's the way I'm going. Any family members with a mic? 
Pete, or is this just a horse play? Well, my best friend, who is a who's a degenerate horse player like myself, is called Mike. So you know, hopefully for him, and it's a miracle when he cashes a ticket sometimes. <laughs> so maybe uh, maybe that'll bring us some good luck. Well, shout out to my brother Mike, who just got married Sunday. By the way, so congrats, congrats Michael. Mike on. I'm married with the beautiful Irina, his uh, uh, bride. So that's why I couldn't play in the uh, end of the the Hawthorne contest. So anyway, well, bring this pick five home for me, Mike, just for as a wedding present. You know, the reverse wedding present. You can bring that one home for me. There you go, uh, Paul. There you go, a, a man of his word, singling the five in the first leg, then going one four six seven with two five eleven twelve with one three five six with two six seven ninety six bucks, Paul. Yeah, not a fairly similar ticket to you, Pete, other than I don't have the single on the end. But I would say if you could live with a single of Fort Bragg, you and I could probably combine on a caveman pretty easily. That's true. That is true. You know, yes. And just go uh, and not single in the last race so we don't have to leave the races to go to <laughs> Novena before they run the race. But, uh, yeah, I, hey, look, I, I, we talked about how tough the sequence was, especially – legs two, three, five, and, and here I am four deep in leg four. So apparently, other than Howard thinks it's easy, but the rest of us don't think it's that easy. So well, I, I'm going to go single at the easy. beginning. Not easy, I'm <laughs> Yeah, and if Fort, Bragg gets, if Fort Bragg gets beat, they have this great invention called the pick four. Love it. There you go. They sure do. Guys, in my – well, did I single anyone? Yes, you singled Weyburn without yeah. question. You know what, though? I singled more than one leg. Yeah, five. That. Yeah, five. You've singled Fort Bragg and Weyburn. Nope. I, I, I did something on this ticket that I don't think I've done on this show. And for all you people laughing at home and want to make a joke of me, no, it's not actually hit a pick five. Because <laughs> actually, you've been pretty good on the power picks, guys, lately. You hit the all button in the third leg. I and bet. the pick fives. I actually singled in the last two legs of this ticket. There's my ticket. It's a little unusual. But these middle two legs, guys, I have just – I have no idea. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to sit here and lie to everyone and say, oh, I have a, some strong opinion. I have no freaking clue who's going leg two and three. So I'm going to go two, five with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. With two, three, five, six, seven, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Which, to me, will give me about a 95% chance of getting through the first three legs. 95 is a little high, but 85 to 90% chance. With Weyburn, the three, with the two. Miracle Mike. Look, if, if, if I'm alive in the first after the first three, which I should be, and hopefully get some prices, guys, in legs two and three, I love Weyburn, and I think Miracle Mike is better than your mission. I just have a feeling, although I could be wrong. I agree with you, Paul. He probably got the worst of the trip, but – do I trust the horse on a single? No, but I mean, I would have loved to go two six guys on the end, but then I would have had a cut down in legs two or three, and I just didn't want to do that. So I'll play a little bit of a, a cheaper $63 ticket. Uh, the whole key is getting through legs two and three guys, I think. And any final thoughts? I mean, and what are you doing leg three? I mean, are you, the last question, and then we'll close the show. When you've, a, when, for those people at home that like to bet horizontals, when you have an all-button kind of race, do you think it's better just to play as many or to take a stand like you guys are a little bit with only using maybe three or four, which will allow you to play and hope you're right, and then uh, allow you to go like too deep in the last race instead of singling? It's a very interesting ticket construction question with a race that has 10 or 11 uh, possibilities. Well, I think it depends on, you know, how strong your opinions are in those other legs where you got to go thin. So you love Weyburn, so, you know, you start with that as a given. So, you know, and then you obviously like the two enough in the last leg. You know, you can come up with two singles, then, yes, that's definitely the right strategy. You know, I, again, I like the two in the last race. I don't think I'd single the race at gunpoint. So, uh <laughs> You know, hats hats off to you guys. But, uh, you know, I, I get it. It depends on your – you can't just single some – if you have to single for the sake of singling, then it's you got you. that's not a good strategy. Well, know, I hear people say we have to find a single. Well, you have to find a single if you like a single, you know. Um, and, and I like, I really like singling the first leg because it drives me nuts 
when people play their ticket because they don't want to get knocked out in the first leg. As someone who's lost tens of thousands of horizontal <laughs> bets, it doesn't matter which leg you lose. You got to hit all of them. Okay. So if it makes you, if it's a little binky to be alive and go four deep in the first leg when you should go one or two, that's not good ticket construction. It can actually be more painful to lose the last leg anyway than the first leg I have found in my experiences. And just for the record, the only reason I'm singling on the end on this show, on this ticket, is to keep it under my own self-imposed $100 budget. So, I mean, I'm not singling the source on Saturday in general with my ABCs. But Pete, any final thought? a hero, on- Pete. Pete, isn't he a hero? Stick it to yeah, his own budget. Stick it to his budget. I mean, hey, if, we have, if we have to do it, we might as well. You know, he should have to do it as well. Pete, final thoughts on hitting the all button, that kind of third leg, or I mean, I, I think to go that's, thinner, that's which will allow you. Know, I hope you get you know lucky, which will allow you to go deeper in other legs. It's all that's the toughest question because you don't want to go. I mean, yeah, you always want to go thinner, but you have to have opinions to go thin. Like if you said, "Hey, I really like these first two, but if they don't win, then I think eight or nine can win." Then maybe you just say, "Screw it," and you just play those top two. Because you're like, those are the ones that I think have a little bit of separation. I know for me, there wasn't much separation in that race, which is why I went six deep. You went crazy deep. Paul went a little deep. I think if you hit the all button, that's the race. Of course, what will wind up happening is the two would win. You hit the all button and the favorite winds up winning the race anyway. But yeah. but still, I think I think everyone has their own independent. Every sequence has its own independent uh, strategy to it. And I don't think you could say definitively yes or no, what you would do one way or the other, but in that race, I know I don't look at it and go, Oh, I love that 11. I put on top. So I'm going to go with 11, 12. That would just be, that just doesn't seem like it would fit with my opinion in the race. Well, and the other, I think this is worth the actual few minutes of conversation here, because I think we get caught up sometimes in handicapping and not ticket instruction. Not only do I love Weyburn guys in the fourth leg, but he's seven to two. And I don't think a lot of people are going to single him when you've got like a Candyman rocket and a little Vic. So I don't know if it's like a separator guys, but I do think not a lot. I'd like to be a little bit contrarian, uh, a little than other people. And I don't think a lot of people are going to single Weyburn, which is the reason why I'm doing it. In addition to the fact I love the horse. So that's just my logic. But but Howard, you could also, for you, you could do a, you could do the ticket like you put on the screen, but then you could do a press ticket and say, maybe I single Fort Bragg, I single Weyburn, I single Miracle Mike. I go a little deeper in the middle two legs and I can have the, so then if my, if my best opinions win, I can hit another ticket. I can hit it for another dollar or another 50 cents or something. So because you're skinny in three of the legs, you can use that to your advantage on sort of a press ticket as well. Yeah. If I'm right, (laughs) if I'm right, it works. Well, I mean, but uh, you 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 can't worry about being wrong because it's either, if you have a strong opinion, that's what you play. I mean, that's where we, we all get caught up in that where you're like, ah, I threw this horse in because I didn't want to lose to that horse. Not because I had an opinion on the horse, a strong opinion on the horse. All right, well, I want to keep the show under an hour, and we're at 58.40, so when people look the show on YouTube, they'll know, hey, it's under an hour. So uh, we'll see you guys tonight as we're recording this Thursday. We've got a live show Thursday night covering a great sequence for Stephen Foster Day with Scott Shapiro and Eddie Olchek will be on. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it. For my co-host, Pete Visco and Paul Halloran, this has been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 271 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Good luck with your bets this Saturday at Belmont Park. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. podcast you're missing out it's one of the best podcasts in the country